You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I mean, I'm always weirdly happy when a doubter is like proved wrong in a way. You know what I'm saying? That's how I've secretly felt with Sean for the past year and a half. We've done this podcast, <laughs> just waiting for his first interaction with Sean's always something like, well, sleep paralysis, whatever. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> I want Sean to like tarnation. lift off his bed and just spin and stuff. <laughs> He's just like, I guess I believe. <laughs> Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. Just a group of friends who tell scary stories, and that's it. <laughs> that's all we do. Um, okay, I was at I was at work. It was about a month and a half ago, and it's me and my coworker, and nobody's in the shop yet. And the door creaks open, and in hobbles this old man, a little chubby, wrinkles on his face, long beard, bald, and he looks at us, and we're wearing our masks, and he's like, "Oh." And he like hobbles back outside <laughs> and he like most, he like turns around and he motions like to put on, I think it looks like he's putting on a mask, you know, and he opens the door and walks back inside <laughs> and it's a homemade mask. <laughs> Dude, this mask was made out of this man's tidy whities <laughs> and they were it looked like he had done it like while he was walking from the parking lot <laughs> to the shop. Let me explain. The mask was just the elastic band from the tidy whities around his face. And then hanging down was like the crotch area of the tidy whities. <laughs> just hanging down straight right in front. And the worst part is that it didn't look all the way white on the front. <laughs> so... He walks in and he looks at us and gives us this weird look like we're the ones. <laughs> You're the freaking weirdo. Yeah, like we're the weirdos. And dude, I had to try so hard not to crack a smile. It took every single part of me to not laugh. It was just, I felt bad, but it was like, I didn't think I'd ever see something like that. <laughs> Bro, but, walk into a Smith's and they'll give you one for free. I know. We had masks that we could get for free. <laughs> DIY is really big around here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't knock it. It's like the 
the Instagram versus reality of like, <laughs> yeah. like Pinterest, you know? You try to bake a cake from what you saw on Pinterest and it comes out <laughs> just like a turd. But that's yeah, truly terrible. That was that. Yeah. Uh, this man's gone too far. Uh, how are you guys? Good. Nothing new. <laughs> you know? Oh, that sucks. Oh, my bad. Dude, there's so many new things right now. All right, tell me about it. Apple just announced the iPhone 12. What? They uh, are. Did you hear they're not giving away like chargers and yes. cords with it? What are your thoughts? Well, didn't they try to say, oh, we just want to like lessen our carbon footprint? It's like bullshit, <laughs> dude. <laughs> While they're still making it and yeah. selling it separately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If anything, you just doubled the packaging. So you're like more of a carbon footprint because you have it. to buy a charger. You have to buy headphones. You know what I'm saying? All right, I get it. It's money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, don't act noble, bro. You yeah. just want that coin. It's so funny. It's officially fall. It has been for a couple of weeks. What's everyone's favorite fall activity? Ooh, scary movies, dude. Yeah, I feel like you have to like that when it gets cold. You're like, ooh, all of a sudden fall gives me like a mental pass to be inside and cozy. Where like is in summer, I'm like, oh, I should be outside. You know, take mm-hmm. advantage of the good weather. The yeah. fall, it's like, I need to I need to watch the entire season, all the seasons of like Game of Thrones or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which you did. I did. Yeah. Over like five days. <laughs> yeah. We we did we did put in work. That's Damn. crazy. That's Any like ninety caffeine. hours, isn't it? Yeah. It's That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> That's wild. What are your other favorite fall activities? I still like going outdoors. Yeah. Seeing all the leaves. Going back in the mountains where there are actually still leaves and didn't get blown off by all the windstorms. Okay, we had. you guys keep saying that, but I went up into the mountains and the trees were fire red and where? yellow. Um, Vivian Park, Provo Canyon. Hmm. That's what I was the saying. The canyon was protected, There's but still tr- leaves out there. Oh. big cottonwood, little cottonwood. It's like it's wrecked. Do do. Yeah, fall is a time where you can like be inside, stay inside for days at a time, and like be happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And then winter hits, and it's like, I've been doing this for two months. Like, <laughs> Gotta get outside. And everything's like, yeah, dead, and so am I. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Along with me. Yeah. yeah. Everything is dead. You know what? I've actually, something super weird this week what? is the book I'm reading for the 75 Hard all of a sudden started talking about Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Whoa. That's random. I was like, I feel like, what is going on? Dude? Wait, talk You've about, never talk- come across that in your life, and then all of a sudden it's like, Everywhere, dude, yeah. the synchronicity. <laughs> Wait, explain your 75 hard. Uh, so the 75 hard is a challenge that I'm doing, which is like every day I have to work out twice for 45 minutes. One of those has to be outdoors. I have to read 10 pages out of a book every day. I have to follow a diet with no cheat meals for 75 days. Which he's been really strong on. And MJ's been making a lot of baked goods. And Sean <laughs> is like, no. cupcakes over here <laughs> that's, today. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> Which I appreciate that. Thank you. And then I have yeah, to drink a fault. gallon of water every day. <laughs> um, and if you mess up. I have to start over. And you haven't messed up yet. I haven't messed up yet. What day are you on? Uh, 19. 19. Dude, that's You're going to crack on like 72. I will kill myself, dude. <laughs> I'll probably will just so I have to start over and do it again. So what book were you reading and in what context did it come up in? Uh, the book I'm reading is called Seven Miracles That Saved the World. And it's actually kind of just talking about freedom and how that all happened or like what events saved freedom from happening in our time. The event that I just finished was 
how the Persians were defeated and their main religion was Zoroastrianism mm. at the time, like in the India and like Pakistan, early 500 AD. Mm. And I was like, well, this is weird, dude. Just randomly coming up after we talked about it. Which is super weird because if you guys remember from last week, I brought up the, I think it's called the Tower of Silence, which is a ceremony in Zoroastrianism. Dude, we got to figure out how to say it. Zoroastrianism. Thank you. Um, Where they would, it was like a burial ritual where they lay their burial out in an open air style. So there's a tower and they line the perimeter of the top of the tower with the bodies. All their juices go down into the middle. Mm. So yeah, weird. We brought it up once last week, and now it's popping up everywhere in Sean's life. Dude, I, Sean's yeah, life, super weird. What is like the rudest thing someone has said to your face, whether they intentionally meant it or didn't? I have a couple. Oh, I have one. Okay. Um. So last year, Kevin, our famous friend and intern, Kevin, uh, his aunt lives pretty close by, and she was nice enough to invite us to her Christmas dinner. <laughs> And my girlfriend and I agreed to go. <laughs> and we get there. She's so nice. Like, this is, this is no bag, bag on her. Hey, maybe a little. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she loved that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, preparing for this party, this Christmas lunch or dinner or whatever, she asked me and my girlfriend, like, what we like, what our hobbies are and whatnot. And we get there and she has these presents for us. I told her I like music. She got me drumsticks. What? Um, okay, she's she got, the nicest lady. Yeah. Um, she got like Mallory some art supplies. <laughs> super nice. Yeah. So we get there. We are super stoked. We're hungry. And they have this beautiful Christmas dinner spread. Everyone she's gets like, there. This is a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> These get, are utensils. I'll get there, dude. Uh, we. <laughs> Do you know this story? No. Oh, okay. So everyone's there. And everyone's hungry. So they're like, let's say a prayer. And. Eat. So everybody stands up. We're all standing around the kitchen. There's like 30, 25, 30 people there. Most of it's family. We don't know anyone except Kevin and his aunt. And before we pray, she like, or no, we finish a prayer. And then she like goes through the spread of food. She says, this is what we have available. Everyone's salivating. Everyone's hungry, like I said. And she gets to the savory section. She, she says, we have a nice holiday ham. And she looks at me and says, and it has pineapple. <laughs> it looks like singles me out and gives me the finger gun, knowing I'm from Hawaii and says, and it has pineapple. <laughs> so and I'm I everyone's looking at me and I just look at everyone and I say, mmm. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I don't like pineapple. <laughs> DJ does not like pineapple. <laughs> Straight as a fruit, yes, but like with meat or on pizza, it's a negative. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin bursts out with laughter. <laughs> I just, I can totally see that. She's like trying to be so nice and accommodating and yeah. just accidentally is like, how <laughs> singles I, you out. How can I one? connect with this brown person? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, his native indigenous fruit. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surely, you know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's like, I picked that. <laughs> my mom, my grandmother died so that you yeah. have that fruit. <laughs> Your holiday ham. <laughs> Bon appetit. <laughs> Sean, do you have any? Rudest thing? Um, I think it's funnier when it's like unintentionally rude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was intentional. So, oh, well, so let's hear it. <laughs> so not as funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny to me. 
uh, someone called me boring one time, and I was like, oh. "Damn!" But like, how did it? How, like, in, what was the com- like? It straight was up, a they girl ran up to I was you. dating. <laughs> so and just all honesty, she was like, mm. "Sean, you're boring." Yep. This was like this is like six or seven years ago though. Oh. So I didn't date for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> someone took that a little personal. <laughs> I can't say I don't hold a grudge. <laughs> At least you can admit it. So there, that's a start. Uh, I have two. I'll start with one that I think was kind of intentional, but whatever. I was at a wedding. It was a friend of mine and he has these uncles and in their family, your success and your salary is kind of your worth. <laughs> and at the time I was a bartender and like a struggling freelance graphic designer. And all the guys my age, which are like 25, where we're like getting into our careers and graduating high school and doing a down payment on home. High school, yeah, dude. Like, I just graduating college, pardon me. Yeah. That's the last thing I graduated, so that's why I said that. <laughs> so we're like all lined up, all these 25-year-old dudes. And the uncles are going down the line, giving a firm handshake to all the guys, like staring at their eyes and being like, so what's your plan for the future? <laughs> And so I'm like fourth in line and I'm listening and they're like, I'm going to go get my doctorate and get a, you know, Nobel Peace Prize. I'm going to cure cancer. And they're like, just like gobbling their own wiener. You know? <laughs> it's like kindergarten. Like, what do you want to be when you're older? Yeah. It's like, well, we're older. And so, and, and the uncle's whole time is like, oh yeah, you'll want to look out for this in that industry. You know, just like, just trying to unsolicited sun everyone. Advice. Yeah. And then uh, they get to me and I am, I have self-deprecating humor, like no matter what. So shakes my hand. He's like, and what is your plan, young man? And I'm like, well, I plan on being a graphic designer. So I will be waiting tables forever. <laughs> <laughs> and he stops shaking mid shake, pulls his hand away and says, yeah, I'm not even going to touch that <laughs> next. And went what? down to the next guy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I sat there and just smiled. But in my head, I was like, F you, dude. I was so pissed off. I mean, his net worth probably did go down when he shook your hand. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this poor is, I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I secretly hate that dude and he has no idea it exists. So don't hold grudges. It's so funny because soon after Charlie's bartending job, he worked at Costco. And dude, I moved I, up. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember introducing him to one of my friends and they asked him what he did. And his response was, I make muffins. <laughs> He was the muffin man. Dude, I keep it real, dog. <laughs> I'm not going to lie or inflate my no, whatever. I know. It's just funny. <laughs> That's like a pet peeve of mine is when I was around people and they, they're like, they had commented maybe on a political like post on Instagram. And all of a sudden when they're meeting new people, they're like, yeah, I'm actually a political writer for, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, you're not. You know what I mean? For Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might know him. His name is, yeah. So I don't know. I go like even harder the other way where I'm like, yeah, I make muffins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, when people ask me now, it's like, yeah, I tell scary, you know, I was like, it's stupid. Okay. The other one. So I'm sitting in a room full of, I don't know. Okay. Don't ask me how or why. <laughs> Older white women. How? <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm like on my phone, not paying attention. It's late at night. They're having this really long conversation, not really engaging in the conversation. They're having this long conversation about dating and men and, you know, he should have a job, all this stuff. <laughs> patriarch of the home and one one of them starts telling a story about how the first time they brought an asian home to meet their parents their you know white parents and how they got a huge talking to afterwards and when the guy went home one of the answers like you cannot date him like you can't do that and then a lady and i'm sitting on the couch like on my phone 
And then a lady in the room goes, oh, if there's one race I would never date, it's Asian. <laughs> and I'm sitting right by her. And I'm I was right like, here. I was like, damn, me neither. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me too. F them. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> like, I felt awkward for them. They had no idea. I do have something rude that someone said to me. We all, as a friend group, go to Benihana for like birthdays and stuff every once in a while. Hey, yo. And so we're all like in the lobby and this dude who's like at the table, like at the front desk. He's the host. He's the host. And he's just the schlubbiest looking dude I've ever seen. But I'm standing in back of our crew and he like looks at me and he's like, actually, uh, door dashers, you go around back. And I was like, yeah, we're in a whole group of friends getting ready to eat. I like gave him my name so he could seat us. He like looks at us, kind of ignores me and points at Sean basically. And he's like, hey, uh, DoorDash is around back. And Sean was like, I was like, what, what are you talking about, bro? What? <laughs> Dude, we, we got so pissed. All of us were like, what? Dude, we're here to eat, happening? you dickhead. Dude, he's I, like, he said, oh, I'm sorry. You just look like one of them. I was oh, right. I was so confused. I can testify to the schlub Still too. Still confused. <laughs> it looks like the human version of like flubber. Uh. <laughs> Just neck beard like and flubber. But like a dusty flubber. Yeah. He was gross. Oh, that was hilarious. I remember it's like, dude, what? Like that assumption is radical, bro. You need to calm down. I was obviously with the group. <laughs> I don't understand. We should have played into it. Be like, yeah, get out of here. Servant. <laughs> yeah, you guys missed an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I was going to call her. Okay, no, no. Actually, I have one more. Sorry. This is, I feel like this might be a little more sad than anything. But <laughs> no, perfect. I was going to a friend's party a couple years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And they live in this super nice area of Sandy, Utah. And it's called Pepperwood. It's a gated community. I drive up. There's, a, there's a, uh, the guard shack at the gate. And I roll down my window and the guy looks at me weird. And the first thing he says to me is, are you lost? <laughs> oh, dude, this is out of a movie. Yeah. And I said, no, I have white friends. <laughs> and he said, I know white what, people. What's, what's, what's their last name? And my friend's last name is Johnson, which is like, <laughs> the most stereotypical You're like, name. Johnson. I'm like, Johnson. <laughs> and he gives me a weirder look. And then he finally lets me through. But it was just so uncomfortable. So weird. That's hilarious. Why do you think he's was like that? <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> That's so funny. But let's all Does that love answer one your another. question. Yeah, that yeah. was a, Dude, that was good. I loved it. I love you too. Yeah. You're this, not boring. Yeah. Well, if you had a dating that. online dating profile, you'd be like Walter Mitty, dude. You've been everywhere. Yeah, you're not boring. <laughs> you do know white people. That's I my don't strength. wait tables anymore. Hey. Yeah. Or make muffins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what we've all learned. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Should we, should we move to stories? Let's do it, bro. Let's go. We roll our 20-sided die to see who tells their stories first. Highest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. <sighs> I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, 
give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network, you can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at KillerPodcast.com. DJ got a six. Charlie, a five. Roll a four, bro. 16. <laughs> okay. It's going to go Sean, then me, then Charles tonight. Cool. My story this week comes from a listener. He's from Utah, Ooh. but he's actually telling a story of one of his friends that his friend gave him to tell. Dope. What's his name? Uh, he said his name is Jeff, but he said, we'll call him Jeff. So, Oh, what's his like address? A, his address is <laughs> his friend Jeff is from California and his friend had served a Mormon mission in Cambodia. And this happened to him while he was in Cambodia. So he was actually recently transferred to an area within Cambodia and put in a leadership position where he would, uh, you know, assist, provide additional training. And once he got to the area, a few weeks after they had been there, the uh, sisters or the sister missionaries that were in that zone with him, they tell this missionary, they tell Jeff about all the weird things that are starting to happen in their apartment. So the the sisters are telling Jeff, they said initially things were just kind of weird, like uh, they'd have creaking floorboards in the other room or squeaky doors that would seem to open without any help. And they mostly just kind of ignored those things until what happened the previous night to when they're telling Jeff. They told the elders that they were having trouble sleeping for a while now just because of all the weird stuff that was happening. And they were feeling particularly uneasy that night. However, they were eventually able to fall asleep. Around 2 or 3 in the morning, one of them wakes up to just a slow pacing noise coming from their hallway. Mm. And the pacing sounded kind of weird, like whoever it was was limping. So you'd get that limping sound. Like a drag or something? Almost, a little bit. So they could hear these slow footsteps coming closer to them down this hallway. And to kind of give you uh, some perspective of this house, there's this room, that their bedroom, then the hallway right in front of it. This is their front door, and this is their kitchen in the back. And there's like a bathroom right on this other side of them. So this footsteps, this limping footsteps is coming from the front door slowly down the hallway and the sister says that once it got to in front of their door it stopped and then for what seemed like forever her holding her breath it continued moving down the hallway 
it seemed like whatever it was got to the kitchen and she started hearing cupboards opening and like chairs moving around and stuff like that. So she wakes up her companion at this time and verifies that they're both hearing the same thing. So both of them are just terrified at this point. They work up the courage to go and check it out. Bro. Work work up the faith. (laughs) (laughs) You could say. So they uh, get out of bed and slowly walk towards their bedroom door and open it. And the first thing they do is they look down towards the front door and they see that it's locked. So there's not an intruder unless the intruder locked the door behind them. (laughs) Stuck with it, dude. That sucks. (laughs) And then they look down towards their kitchen area. The light's on. So they kind of tiptoe down the hallway towards the kitchen. And once they get there, they see all of their cupboards open and drawers open. And the chairs are upside down stacked on top of the table. Dude, and we all know from Poltergeist, that's a bad sign, dude. It's generally not good. <laughs> no bueno. So they decide they're going to take a picture of it first and then head back to the room because they need proof. They need proof. <laughs> like they could, could not possibly have done this themselves. <laughs> so they snap a picture, head back to their room, lock the doors, can't fall asleep all night. In the morning, they call Jeff and his companion and their president as well. And... Jeff offers to for him and his companion to then stay in their apartment while the sisters look for a new apartment to stay in. So they're just going to swap apartments. He's being good that was guy, nice at least. Good they didn't, guy Jeff right now. In every scary movie, they'd be like, you're making it up. It's not real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have to stay there. He did say, Jeff said that his companion thought that and said that they were just trying to get a new place. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> so they let the president know they're going to swap apartments. The uh, elders move in that next day. Sisters move out. And whatever it was did not move out. And things started happening to Jeff and his companion the very next night. Nice. However, that will be for our patrons. Now, he said he was on edge the first night and remember just kind of hearing some sounds in the hall. Damn, bro. That's crazy. That would be, uh, I mean, I'm always weirdly happy when a doubter is like proved (laughs) wrong in a way. You know what I'm saying? That's how I've secretly felt with Sean for the past year and a half we've done this podcast. <laughs> Just waiting for his first interaction with Sean's always something like, well, sleep paralysis, whatever. Yeah. Dude, that's I want Sean to like tarnation. lift off his bed and just spin and stuff. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> He's just like, I guess I believe. <laughs> this could be explained. Dude. Yeah. Sean's like, you see what happened was. On the real, the day that happens will be the greatest day of the podcast. <laughs> Because it's going to have to be something so convincing for our skeptic, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Dang. Shout out Jeff. I would actually like to like ask him questions about Cambodia. What it? True. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new country. We haven't been there yet. True. Well, and the guy who sent the story in, he said he wasn't super familiar with it and wondered what our opinions were. I even looked up like white lady of Cambodia and stuff like that because it was based on their description, kind of what it seemed like. But I couldn't find anything specific to Cambodia. My overall feeling, because I'm an expert, is uh, <laughs> she. It, it, it kind of feels like she was not malevolent. Like nothing ever happened. It kind of just, just sounds homeless. like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's vagabond. <laughs> malevolent means mean. No, <laughs> no uh, it kind of just sounds like she was like an old lady stuck in a routine. Like, could be. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I almost said <laughs> going right to the kitchen. No, oh uh, damn, bro. <laughs> That's rude. 
I got that joke from my sister. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it kind of just sounds like she was in a routine. You know, she got home. She kind of just like walked. Like stuck stacked her furniture. Yeah. Dude, stacked I, her furniture. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Mopping the floors. You know? um, I love what we've like unintentionally built ourselves up to be like some paranormal experts. Oh, dude. But people are like, and uh, the demon like left my mother, and it's like, what do you what what do you think that was? And it's like I have no idea, dude. <laughs> dude just I don't from, know, bro. I'm just my third day out. Here. Yeah, but the, I, we're literally just like the Michael Jackson meme with the popcorn. It's like we're just here for the fun of it. <laughs> Your expense. Yeah, <laughs> listeners sometimes do like tell us things, and then they're like, "What do you guys think it is?" And it's like, dude, first of all, if you're coming to us for answers, <laughs> you need to seek immediate help. <laughs> True. Uh, we enjoy your stories, but <laughs> there's been a murder. <laughs> yeah. hmm. You so. know what's funny happened the other day, though? I came home, and the water was on. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and that's Kevin so had funny. just left, so I was oh, like, okay. Kevin, you freaking left the water on. Did you on. confirm with him that he left the water on? Uh, I, I said, Kevin, what were you doing before you left? It's like, <laughs> oh, I was washing dishes. And I was like, yeah, you left the water on. Oh, okay. I like how you did that. I didn't want to ask him, did you leave the water on? Because yeah. That leaves an yeah. opportunity for it to not be him. True. I got to, like, you know, navigate feel, my way you. into that, him being the one who left the water on. Huh. Again, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And that's it for me today. Dope. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, Sean. Who's up next? It's me. Hey. All right. This story comes from Max. So Max says, when I was a kid, we lived in a trailer home. He said... Don't remember much, but here are a couple things that I do remember. I remember coming home and all of the cabinets were open, opened up. These are hungry ghosts, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but also indecisive because nothing was taken. And my parents just being really confused. And I being confused because we're the only ones that live there. I also remember waking up to my parents arguing, like in the laundry room. And my dad saying, like, why are you doing laundry, like, so late at night? I guess because they lived in the trailer, it was really loud. And mom was defending her case, saying, I, I didn't start this. And the laundry was going. Like, we could all hear it because we were in the trailer. And they were just puzzled at, to like, who started the washer and dryer. He said, those are two things that I remember distinctly. Everything else is really cloudy. I can't really remember much. But I do have a story that's been told to me by my parents, my grandparents, and a family friend. I've heard it from each of them multiple times with little variation. He said one day, mom and dad were outside. They had just got home from work, and they're having a couple drinks. And while they're chilling, just kind of unwinding, they hear screaming coming from inside the trailer. Mom puts her drink down, runs inside, and there I am. As a child, I was hurtled over on all fours on the floor of the living room, and I was screaming and crying. And mom, obviously concerned, runs up to me. And before she can ask if everything's all right or what's, what's wrong, she notices something under my shirt, on my back. So she lifts the shirt, and what she sees panics her like nothing else has before. And something 
is pinching my skin and pulling it on my back. But there's nothing, uh, there's nothing there pinching. It's just she can see his skin pulling away, being pinched. And I, Max, am just hiding from this, screaming, crying. It hurts. Make it stop. So while this is happening, dad is following closely behind mom. This is all happening within, what, 10 seconds, you know? Yep. They don't know what to do besides call for help. So dad runs over to the phone. As he's about to pick it up, they hear, What they saw was the tail end of something running through them in the same room. And they catch a glimpse of something leaving the trailer and slamming the door shut. And they're, they're frozen. There's something in here with us? I mean, they saw the pinching and the pulling on Max's back, but they didn't see anything else in the room. He's about to grab the phone, and it manifests itself more physically than before. At that moment, Dad decides to grab his gun. Justified. <laughs> Grabs his gun, walks up to the door, takes a deep breath, Opens it, and what he saw was now across the parking lot, and he saw the end of it as it was crawling underneath another trailer. So dad goes up to it. He's walking slowly, kind of peers underneath, and it's, what, dusk? Because they had gotten home from work, so what, five, six, seven o'clock? Starting to get dark. There's still light in the sky, but because it's underneath the trailer, it's almost completely invisible, except for these glowing red eyes staring back as Max's dad is peering underneath. Max's dad freaks out, grabs his gun, and fires off a couple oh, rounds. Damn. <laughs> I mean, that might sound surprising, but they are in a trailer park. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> fires off a couple rounds. <laughs> Sorry, okay, okay, okay. Fires off a couple rounds. As he fires off a couple rounds, a cop drives by, <laughs> as one does at a trailer park. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. A cop drives I'm by. I'm keeping that in, dog. Yeah. And, you know, what in tarnation? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Excuse- <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> Hops out of the, the car, and the, as the cop is reaching to grab his gun. Oh, damn. You know? Because uh, he has no idea what's going on. I guess in his mind, he's like, I need to somehow neutralize the situation or calm everyone down by, I guess, grabbing my gun too. <laughs> I don't know. But he's reaching for his gun and Max's dad puts his gun on the ground, puts his hands up and says, there's something under that trailer and it was in our home, attacked us. And he's just trying to explain Don't himself. shoot. Yeah, don't <laughs> shoot, you know. And cop. He's thrown into this this mess of the situation. As he's trying to make sense of it, this thing comes crawling out of the underneath of the trailer. And they said this thing had a form, but it was like a shadow. It wasn't a human form. It was like a creature, like nothing that they've seen before. And it had the red eyes. The thing runs, runs away out of their sight. The cop, I guess, thinks it's a good idea to start chasing it. So he gets in his car, drives off. While this thing is distracted with the cop chasing it, 
dad thinks we need to get to grandma and grandpa's house. They're the closest people that we can trust and at least maybe stay the night, you know? I was going to say, it's kind of lucky for them because it would be like super easy to move their entire house. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a house that's haunted, bro? <laughs> oh, um, that'd be a really scary Halloween attraction. A haunted trailer, dude. <laughs> Anyway, just take them to a trailer park. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've, I've lived in trailer parks before. Okay. Then you can make fun of them. Yeah, okay. Dude. Yeah. You See, got, you, you hear that? You got the trailer park pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they real quickly go and pack a bag while they're doing it. Mom and Max are doing that. Dad's on the phone. Grandparents aren't answering. So he calls his friend. He says, hey, we need a ride. Uh, they don't have a car, by the way. So that's why they're, they're calling, asking for a ride. Their friend shows up in like 10 minutes. And as they're getting into his car, the cop comes back into their parking lot. And cop gets out of the car and he tells them, I followed that thing for about a half a mile, turned a corner, and it vanished. The cop also said that, and apparently he wrote this down in the police report. Cop said that he got a better look at the creature and it looked like a humanoid form of like an anteater. Oh, weird. Never uh, heard anything like that before. An anteater, if you don't know, first of all, Google it. <laughs> Just watch Arthur. Watch Zabumafu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or Arthur. <laughs> That's a lemur. No, I know, but they teach you about animals. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure you have your, <laughs> Hold your on PBS there, cartoons <laughs> yeah. correct, all right? That's a damn lemur. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> damn, DJ. That was the most heated I've ever seen you. <laughs> damn, take your lemur sirs. <laughs> oh, I need a minute. Uh, but it, like an anteater, its face is super long. Uh, weird, creepy, perverted tongue out the front. I hope all of you out there know what uh what an ant eater is. <laughs> yeah, if you, you play if you play Pokemon, it's a uh, uh drowsy. <laughs> Dude, what does that say about me and what I think about our listeners? <laughs> it's like if you don't if know you've what never a seen a dog, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would understand listening to this. <laughs> I think I think better of them. Okay, okay. So police gives them that information. I don't know why. <laughs> like, what am, what am I supposed to do with this? Y'all had an anteater in your house. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> um, they get in the car. They leave. They obviously panic. They're just thinking, I, we, we need to get out of here. As they're driving, this is what their friend says. They see him. He's looking in his rearview mirror. His eyes widen. Oh, shit. He says, do you see that thing running after us? what the hell is that and as they're about to turn around and look there's a huge slam and the truck bounces as if something large and heavy jumped into the back of the bed at that moment mom's arm kind of starts flailing in the truck oh no and they see that her hand is the back of her hands getting pinched and pulled so they're speeding down this highway <laughs> with an anteater in the bed of their truck and mom getting dragged by some invisible force at the same time. Luckily, when this happens, they're pretty close to the grandparents' house. They arrive. Um, this thing is still like physically like harassing them Ugh. by like pulling and pinching on them, which is so weird to me. It's like it, it sounds like from, the, from Max's explanation – 
story sounds like it's not physically doing it to them, but it's just in their vicinity and it's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather but, be punched than pinched, by the way. I hate <laughs> pinches, dude. <laughs> um, their grandparents, super religious, and they held all their like meetings or mass or whatever in their home until they could save up enough money to buy a proper official like meeting house. So that's just a small side detail that they give. It comes more into play in a little bit. But as soon as they walk into the gates of the home, the chaos stops. The pinching, the pulling, and they run into the house. Grandparents at first chalk it up to the parents just being drunk. <laughs> but they have the testimony of their friend as well. You sinners. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing alcohol. <laughs> You're living in the trailer park. <laughs> um, and they can see just everybody's so panicked, including Max. So they, they give it some weight and they say, well, just to be safe, let's call our friend who's the priest or the pastor or whatever. And within the hour, he shows up. He walks into the grandparents' house. And before they greet each other, say hello, say anything, his first words are, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to panic you more, but I feel like something extremely hostile is right outside of this home. So they pray. While they're praying, mom opens her eyes. and I'm telling. <laughs> mom looks up at the, the window by the door could see this thing peering inside the window like watching them pray she closes her eyes real quick you know they finish their prayer things start to kind of calm down they're just trying to get their bearings they go to bed apparently in the middle of the night mama wakes to three knocks and she looks outside and the same thing is outside the window and it's pacing back and forth like looking staring into their window as if it can't get into the house. I'm not sure if she was able to fall asleep, uh, but she makes it through the night. The whole family makes it through the night. After that night, things calmed down. We never saw that thing ever again. We went back to the trailer. We lived there for a couple more months, and we ended up getting house and moving. But I think my grandparents were... Oh, there's a small detail that's not super important, there's like a graveyard from across the, the trailer park. I think that his grandparents were buried there. So every once in a while they go back and visit. But every time they go drive on that road and go to that graveyard, even though he doesn't remember that story, he's just living off of what his parents told him and grandparents told him before they died and their family friend, which they've kept in contact with. He just gets this weird feeling when he's there. He said there was one, one time where we went to go visit their grave or no, we weren't visiting the grave. We were just driving somewhere and we had to go through that area. Like this small pack of dogs came running all day. Like we were the only car on the road. It looked like from across the graveyard, they were watching us drive. They all started running at our car. They came right up to the road where our car was and stopped. And just all of them had like laser vision on our car driving past. He said, that was like the weirdest thing that I experienced on Natural that road. or not, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but they never encountered the anteater shadow. So. Thank goodness for that anteater exorcist. 
But uh, that's the story of Max and the trailer park. Oh, the trailer park anteater. What oh. a title. <laughs> that sounds like the next like Sharknado. Blumhouse. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Velocipaster. Ooh, that's Croctopus true. type movie. You know? Trailer park anteater. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild that's me i hate for some reason i i am so affected by looking in the rearview mirror and witnessing anything Dude, like i say that my all the time. biggest fear yeah. in the world yeah i never sometimes even in the daytime i never go in my car without looking in the back seat first 100 percent. i loved uh having a prius because you would walk up and a feature of the prius besides being badass <laughs> is uh when you walked up to it it sensed your key and all the lights in the car would turn on so you could like, you know what I'm saying? You could just view. That's cool. I know. It was, I was always very grateful for that because then I would like, you know, suss it out real quick. Paranoia friend, friendly yeah, vehicle. Exactly. Not only did it have that feature, it had ample space inside. So a lot of space for killers to be. You know <laughs> what I mean? So you had to always check it. That's crazy. Dude, wow. The craziest thing that ever happened to me when I was living in a trailer park was we found this massive possum in our trash can one time. And I was a little kid, but it, it, I had to have been like six feet long. Oh, what? Wait, what? That's I a was snake. a little kid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being huge. That's called I've, an anaconda. <laughs> What's that? To you trailer folk. <laughs> it's true. We were trailer folk. <laughs> Where did you live in a trailer? In Battleground, Washington. Oh, <laughs> damn, what? <laughs> like it was a battleground? Oh, no. Or? And then I also lived in a trailer in Murray, Kentucky. Oh, nice. Which one was nicer? Uh, I remember Murray being nicer because it was like our trailer and then far away from other trailers. So it was like more space in between. I feel. Didi's laughing at you. No, I'm laughing at you. What kind of a question is that? (laughs) I just wanted to know. (laughs) Which one's nicer? What's the nicest McDonald's you've been to? (laughs) Bro, I. First of all, Australia. They have like business lunches. Okay, Okay, actually, yeah. Third world country (laughs) fast food restaurants are lit. Yeah. It's like. If you have a college degree, that's where you work. No, it's like not <laughs> even the joke. It's crazy. They make tons of money there. It's weird. I'm stoked for them. I wish it was like that here. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's me. Awesome, dude. That was fun. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Max. All right. I'm next. First of all, I feel like we need to address the lion in the room. Did you guys see in our DMs a thousand people send us the mountain lion encounter in Oh, dude, yeah. In Utah? You want to tell him what that was? Oh, it was just like the guy who was out hiking and came across a couple of mountain lion cubs. And out of nowhere, the mom just runs up on him and follows him like for six minutes. Dude, it, it is a, like a booty hole clenching video to watch. So it, first of all, it's at Slate Canyon, which yeah. I've been to. Around the corner. Yeah. And... Like Sean said, he comes around the corner. There's like these little mountain lion cubs just kind of running around the path. Not blaming homie, but he does start walking towards the cubs. (laughs) The second he like takes another step towards the cubs, huge mountain lion comes out of nowhere and sprints up to him. Have you seen it, DJ? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Sprints up to him. (laughs) He just starts cussing it out. He's like, fuck you. You. <laughs> you could tell like all the adrenaline in his body is just I get it though. Also, it took him six minutes to pick up a rock. So what he does is he's backing up and just screaming at this thing. And this thing, you could tell his back is like super big and it's it's like, like yeah. screaming at him. Dude, it's pounce. 
it's oh, like oh yeah every oh, time sorry. it would just like weird, it's so dude. strange it's it looks like, like a muppet dude yeah dude <laughs> so strange yeah yeah it was frightening and then finally after four to six minutes sorry six minutes he bends down picks up a rock and chucks it and the thing leaves and i read a ton of people's opinions and some wildlife experts were like it just was trying to get you away from from its cubs because first of all wildlife experts in the comments <laughs> uh i actually watched grizz kids take on it okay do you remember homie? but in the comments everyone's always an expert yeah you know. it's like well actually don't care <laughs> uh grizz kid is the guy who had the photo down yeah. in like the cabin Ryan's cabin photo yeah anyway he was like if that mountain lion wanted to kill you a you never would have seen it coming and you never would have heard it coming mm-hmm. mm. so that's the scariest thing about mountain lions to to me is like i've heard stories about people who were sent to a specific area to hunt a problematic mountain lion after 24 hours of trying to find this thing and stalk it, he said he like packed up his stuff, stood up and turned around and the mountain lion was behind him. So like the whole time. Cougars are mountain lions. Are they? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Aren't they? Bobcats are different. Can you Google, is mountain lion a cougar? I don't know. They were both the I'm same so thing. No, no worries. I'm pretty know. sure mountain lions, pumas, and cougars are all the same. Yeah. That's what I thought, but. Um, it says the words cougar, puma, mountain lion, and catamount. All refer to the same large cat known specifically. What's the last one? Catamount. It's a character in Pokemon. Nobody calls it that. Yeah. That, that one sounds like a bitch. Yeah. Um. Catamount. <laughs> That's a British. Guys, stop. <laughs> it, it is British. <laughs> Wait, those exist in like, over the pond? <laughs> early European settlers first moved in North America. Oh, okay. Uh, Damn. Anyway, that's just been the scariest element of mountain lions to me. It's crazy because just how certain animals have what their edge is in the animal world. When you talk about silent animals, I recently saw this thing where they had a bunch of different birds. Did you see that? Yeah. And they have it all mic'd up for them to fly from point A to point B. I don't know if there's like food at the end of point B, but every bird you can hear they're all like in a studio yep they're in a studio it's completely like soundproofed and they have like a hundred mics pointed at the path of flight yep and you can hear when they get to point b they start flapping their wings to slow down and then land and perch up on this bar that they're supposed to land on the owl though have you seen this well some birds are super loud yeah some birds (laughs) yeah the owl zero sound (laughs) like there's not one tick on like the sound register it flies nothing and then when it flaps its wings to like land nothing you can't hear any any of it it's weird it's not like a predator either yeah they are are they yeah oh i I guess they get like little rats little rodents and whatnot i mean they're not killing humans have you ever seen the secret of nim bro (laughs) Mm -mm. that thing was terrifying in that true no but Mm. owls owls are murderers i guess of rodents yeah (laughs) of rodents yeah 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 when I thought of owls, I was thinking of like, how many looks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> like a cartoon. You know? Yeah. It's like, they just eat candy, right? <laughs> tootsie Rolls. Um, or deliver the mail. Have you seen uh, the Philippines national bird? <laughs> no. Adobo? Why, why haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fighting cock. <laughs> um, the <laughs> I'm asking you this question like you should know. Yeah. Frick like no. their, <laughs> their national flower and yeah. anthem. Um, their bird is called the monkey eating eagle. Or the nickname. That's an aggressive so, name. Yeah. 
Um, it's the harpy eagle. Have you ever seen a harpy eagle? I've heard it. Standing up full, like fully grown harpy eagles are like <laughs> Jordan's height. I was going to say that, dude. That's why I hesitated. Jordan's height. Uh, Basically. <laughs> they're like four feet tall. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but the harpy eagle is. <laughs> dude, the Filipinos, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> That's a pterodactyl, dude. <laughs> they live in the Stone Age. <laughs> That's so funny. Filipino. Um, yeah, dude. It's massive. In the Philippines, they have a bunch of different animal fights. The famous one is cockfighting. They have spider fights. They have spider fights. For cockfighting, they have arenas built just for that. Every Sunday. Whoa. They light up those arenas. Hundreds and hundreds of people watching. The, like bringing their chickens that they've trained having them fight one of the and there's some other and i know this is really brutal and sad but not saying it's right but this is what happens sometimes in their in their culture they have some animal fights that happen in certain regions one of my mission companions said that in his hometown they have the eagle versus dog oh and these dogs are trained to be super fast and they give them like five ten minutes a time limit they let them run through the field and the harpy eagle Soars super high up and then turns around slowly, swoops down and tries to get the dog one go. Sometimes the dog will like dodge it last second. He will like stumble into the ground and then try again. Do that for like 10 minutes. Oh. And people like place bets. This is apocalypto, <laughs> dude. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is wild. So I have a story. <laughs> Not kidding. No, but it truly is. Like some of the abilities and skills that predators possess and finding yourself on the other side of that or realizing, you know, that it's like too late is terrifying. It's like my biggest fear. So today we're going to the high country of Victoria, Australia. And I'm going to talk about something that's currently happening. This particular, this particular area of Australia is super well known for it's like outdoor nature. It's like thick forest, high mountains, really rugged terrain. You don't just go out there. You know what I mean? You have to be trained. And so like hunters, trappers, hikers, all out people, outdoors people, it's like it, it, it attracts them all. And there's these famous trails through there. But what has been happening recently is an alarming and unexplainable amount of disappearances. But the numbers are so massive they can't ignore them anymore because they do not correlate with like any of the data they've ever gotten. It's like the numbers have just spiked. So something's going on. Dude, drop bears. <laughs> I'm going to go over just a couple of cases. So we'll start with, and, and okay, so I, off the top, I got to mention this. I got this all from an article written by John Silver, John Sylvester, and it's from The Age. So it's an article. Go look it up. Really well written. All right, so we're going to start with Russell Hill and Carol Clay, age 74 and 73. Everyone who he chose to spotlight, so there's like hundreds of disappearances, and everyone who he chose to spotlight is an avid and experienced outdoorsman or outdoors person. That's like the missing 411 of Down Under. Okay. Yeah. It's like missing 114. (laughs) Mate. (laughs) So Russell... This is, a, this is March 20th of 2019. So this is super recent. 
Russell was a retired bush logger, spent all of his li- life like in the mountains, cutting trees down, things like that. Super experienced. Their campsite was found. They go to it and it there had been an intentional fire set to burn parts of their camp. Mm-hmm. But their camp is completely set up for like a very leisure camp experience. They have like a tent, chairs, and a whole trailer. And sections of the camp are on fire. But it's not like a, a out of control fire. It's like a controlled fire and someone something that someone obviously started. A leisure camp? Like it was very cushiony camp. Like they had a lot of amenities. Like oh. Because you said just a tent and... A camper. Oh, okay. (laughs) With a bed, shower. (laughs) Bidet. Yeah. Yeah, glamping out here. Um, So I feel like I said this poorly, but these two go missing. No one ever hears from them. When they finally track them down, they get to this campsite. They see that there's... It's very odd. Parts of the camp have been lit on fire. And the everything is like set up like they were just there. Nothing's missing except his drone he was like an avid drone flyer and they went through everything had some people come in and say yeah he would have had his drone it's gone like here's the here's the box there's no drone the this couple they were known to have full happy lives no reason or hint that they wanted to like disappear or you know start a new life or kill themselves anything like that everyone who knew knew was like no there's no sign of any of that they organized a massive search party Nothing. They find nothing. Next one. This kid named Niels Brecker. He's 39. Avid hiker. Goes on these long hikes all the time. He's very safe about it. Tells his family exactly where he's going to be, his route, his schedule, everything. So he's on this one high, high trail. And there's checkpoints. There's like these huts where campers stay. And I think there's certain huts you can get a little bit of reception or at least enough to make a phone call out. So he's at checkpoint two, calls his family, tell, tells them, you know, everything's going good. I'm here. Um, I'm going to sleep tonight and I plan on heading down to checkpoint three tomorrow. And he was never seen again. Doing their investigation, the police find out that the last person to see him is a very particular person who I'll introduce in a minute. Another one, Conrad Whitlock, age 72. This is a this is July 2019. So no one knows why, but he leaves his home, comes to the high country, parks his car, gets out, never seen again. So his car is left by the side of the road, doors open, wallet, phone, money, everything left in the car, and he's never seen again. He didn't leave a note. There was no suicide note. Um, he did... Someone said he had complained about experiencing headaches. So someone's theory was like, maybe he had an episode. And they said, if that were the case, he most likely would have been found within the vicinity of the car. But they did a massive search. No sign of him. Dogs, nobody, nothing, right? Next, David Prudeau. David Prudeau. He's 50. He's an outdoorsman. This one's weird. There wasn't a lot of info in this article. So I don't know what exactly happened, but this is what it said. He's a super experienced hunter. They go camping all the time. Him and his brother-in-law go out into this this uh, environment to hunt, and he's never seen again. That's just all they say about him. <laughs> it's like he goes out with his brother-in-law and doesn't return. 
doesn't say anything about what his brother-in-law said. Like, I don't know. Mm. Obviously, the brother-in-law was like cleared of all suspicion. Otherwise, he would have been in jail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But somehow he just disappears. And then the last one was a guy named Warren Meyer. He's 57, super experienced. He disappeared and he was known to have on him at the time. He just went on a four-hour hike, which is like four miles. I don't know. What is that? Five, six miles. Yeah. Okay. So not that long. He was experienced. He had water, food, his phone, a GPS, and the weather was super good. And he was never seen again. The most concerning one to me was the dude who got out of his car. It's like he wasn't deep in the woods Mm-mm. or anything. Like he wasn't hiking, but like. It's like he literally just disappeared. Like it kind of looks like he, one theory is maybe he had to go to the bathroom really bad and he got out and went pee, but that doesn't explain anything else. Why he left his car on and the doors were open. I mean, somebody else could have come through, but like if they did, why didn't they take his wallet? And yeah. True. Like robbery wasn't the intention there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So weird. Okay. So theories are rampant. Um, there is a small like community that lives out there. They're locals and they start coming up with a ton of theories. Hell yeah. So my bush folk, some of them have said they think this is weird. Um, especially, okay. So remember I mentioned the 57 year old guy who went out with his brother-in-law. Yeah. They think he specifically was killed by a hitman because he was a prison warden or something like that. Like he was in the prison system. Mm. And so they, they they think he was killed by a hitman. Okay, that explains one. Yeah, right. What about the rest? Like was he a bad warden? Like Mr. Sir from Holes? I I, uh, I, what it said is like a pretty notorious gang leader or drug dealer had been killed and he was blamed for it or something mm. like that. So, mm. yeah, but like you said, Sean, that explains one death. What the hell is going on to everyone else? There's mm. like hundreds of disappearances. In the same area. Yeah. yeah. No. The next one is people are fabricating their own disappearance to to like go off the grid or start That's a new life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> the next one was just accidents. But yeah, it doesn't but they would still be in the vicinity if there were accidents. Yeah, that could Probably. that could account for some and most likely some of them are accidents, but it does not account for all of them and especially yeah, the ones where like they should have been able to find a body. Mhm. Yep. I haven't heard Yahweh yet. But the most prevalent and widely believed theory amongst the locals is... Drop Bear. My money's on Drop Bear. It is someone that they have all started to call the Button Man. Oh, that's gross. Don't like that. The Button Man? The Button Man. That sounds like... Do you know the Button Man? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like somebody from Over the Garden Wall, kind of like... It's It's like a... It definitely sounds like a literary, like that would be like a scary person in a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very fitting name. So let's let's figure out who he is or let's find out who he is. So the button man is the last known person to see Neil Becker. He said, yeah, I saw him. What, anyway, happened, what happened to Neil wait, Becker? Neil Becker was person. the one. Yes. So Neil Becker is the guy who checked in with his family at checkpoint two mm-hmm. and just had to go to checkpoint three. Never seen again. Okay. Okay. So the button man is the name given to this guy who has been visiting this place for many years. So many people have had weird experiences with this guy. Let me just explain. They call him the button man because he makes his own 
like buttons of a vest out of deer antlers. He also has deer antler gauges. He's over 70, super short white hair, and he wears like very dark, almost homemade looking clothing. And the thing about him is you will never, ever see him unless he wants you to see him. So for months at a time, and this is just what they can gather. That's such, that's such like creeper status. Bro. Just like it's just like, like in, his Instagram bio. It's like, you will never see me <laughs> yeah. unless I want you yeah. to. So from what they can gather for months and months at a time, he comes to this area. He sets up his camp and it's like on this super remote mountain face that is like almost impossible to get to. His camp is near a cross section where most of the trails in the area like cross. So he kind of like his tent or his camp is situated in a way that he can see anyone coming up his valley. He can like see any game in his valley. He hunts and traps. He doesn't bring any food with him. He has these crazy elaborate traps that he sets up and he hunts and eats game. He sets up these stone pyramids in all these places that no one knows why they're there. He puts piles of pebbles on remote forest roads so that he knows if someone's gone past him. And this is all this information is collected by like so many people who have had experiences with him. So people have had alarming experiences with him. One thing he does, and so many people started coming out and saying that this happened to them, is top level hunters go out to this area to like hunt. And they said they would be stalking, super mindful. They're trying to hunt game, right? And they would set up camp. They're on high alert. They'd go to sleep and they'd wake up and the button man had set up, would set up his tent or like a tent like structure right behind him. And they had no idea he was there. Like he would do it as a game. He would hunt the hunters is what he had told other people. So like all the time people say they would be like in this area and out of nowhere without any notification, he would like walk out of the dark He was super forceful. He would question people. Why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you in this place? Where do you plan on going? And if any question was asked of him, he would like ignore it, deflect it and go harder on questioning them. Everyone who came in contact with him said he had a thousand mile stare to where he would (laughs) stare right through your soul. And there was a lot of Bushmen out there who would hide bushels of chopped firewood because in some areas it was hard to come by really good firewood so they would hide them in these super remote places and when they returned all gone they said the only way someone would have known that is if they watched me put it there Hmm. okay that's exactly who i pegged to be the button man when you first said the button man i was like trying to profile him in my mind and this came like this short old man makes his own clothing or whatever this sounds like BS, but it is, it's like a real article. You can all go read it. It's crazy. Um, Where can we find it? Uh, it's called the BuzzFeed. The Age. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called the National Enquirer. Um, no, it's uh, The Age and look up John Sylvester. Okay. Um, I'm, we'll put a link to it and something. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, th- yeah, that's the old couple who went d- disappeared. Oh, sad mm. from their camp. Mm. That is real sad. Okay. They look like jolly old folk. So 
that old couple, he was a known drone flyer, right? Mm -hmm. He came up to the camp area to scout out a week before. And people said they saw him flying his drone in the vicinity of the button man's camp. Week later, gone. No trace. Mm. Drone, gone. Mm. One photographer, he was a wildlife fire photographer. I don't know what that means, but that's what he was. He came to the area to, I, I, if I remember correctly, I, he was trying to track down a mountain lion. He was camping, moving, tracking, camping, moving, tracking in the area of the button man's known camp spot. When he gets home, he looks through all his footage. This sounds fake. This is what happened. Looks through his footage, clicks through. In the middle of all his photos he took, there is one single photo of him asleep in his tent. Dude, that's creepy. Flex. Dude, I also wonder what was on the drone footage. You know? Yeah. It's like, button man's above the drone. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, in the air. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it gets to the point. Allegations are rampant. Numbers are so high. The missing persons police squad of this area, they think they decide enough's enough. Damn. They have a lot of job security right now. <laughs> I know. They're like, this is great for business. <laughs> <laughs> Reel them in, button man. Yeah. <laughs> they are like, okay, we can't ignore this. So they, they get prepared, they get ready, and they hike to his campsite. Mm-hmm. He's not there. And they wait for three days until finally he comes out of the darkness. And says, like, what do you want? <laughs> now, they said. That's so terrifying. Yeah. That's like, terrifying. They got the feeling he'd been there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they said they came at him very carefully. No accusatory, like, uh, mood at all. They were saying, we need your help. No one knows this land better than you. Something's going on. So they asked for his help. He is very reluctant, very aloof for a very long time, like doesn't answer anything until finally he says, yeah, I did see that hiker. I don't know what happened to him. It sounds like he was zero help. <laughs> and these cases not surprising are still not, are still not closed <laughs> to my knowledge. He's still out there, but he's like, uh, in a lot of cases, somehow like a common den- denominator. Well, the drone footage I think that's why they highlighted these. Like, keep in mind, there's like 60, 70 plus cases, right? And these are the ones they choose to highlight because in some way, he was connected. It's somewhat connected to. Yeah. You could kind of connect them to the case. Some more than others, like being literally being the last person to see him. Yeah. What is interesting is all those paths cross near where he's known to camp. And so I think that's like the most damning evidence. Mm. All I know is a person named the Button Man. <laughs> <laughs> Is still out in the wild. He's sussing. And to me, he feels like an apex predator. At least that's like what he does. Hmm. He's like he hunts people. Now, whether or not he's responsible for the disappearances of people, I don't know. But if uh, you had to probably, ask He's probably <laughs> burying people under those rock pyramids because they said they couldn't explain them. <laughs> I'm sure they like put a sniffing dog near him or something. Hmm. I don't know. We don't know that. Anyway. So that's why I was talking about predators and mountain lions. Yeah. But uh, it all comes back. Wow. That's the Full circle. Man. I wish I had more. I wish I could like tell you. And if there is an update, please let me know. If you're listening out there and you know anything about the button man, hit us up. But I hope there's no update. <laughs> I hope that's it. <laughs> button man relocates to Utah. Oh, 
Uh, it's crazy to me the like mental fortitude that some people have to want to just physically live off the grid. There's a whole series. It might it's like by Nat Geo or North Face or something like that on YouTube of people who have like homes built out in the wilderness and they'll live there for like ten months. Mm-hmm. Come back to the city once a year and get some supplies. Isn't it then. called homesteading? Is that the term? Mm, I don't know. Sorry. I, I, maybe it's a version of homesteading, um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like for you to decide to want to disconnect from everything modern. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'll say: I just had a thought. It does look like it's him. Like if you know what I mean. Like a lot of the signs are not great for him. But what if it's like a Boo Radley situation where it's like he looks like he would be the bad guy, so everyone is like, "Oh, it's definitely him," and maybe he's out there helping people. You know what I'm saying? Like. We don't actually know. So I'm not trying. I don't know. But man, if you're a good dude, I hope you're doing well. But if not, <laughs> screw you, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't say that. I don't want to say that to the button. <clears throat> I don't know. He could be. Into it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You just had an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, right dude. There. I was like, dude, what if he travels over here? I wouldn't know until the he was, the whole wanted to see me. Yeah. Like, what do you guys want? <laughs> this is our house. dude. <laughs> How did you even get in here, bro? That's what that's who Kevin's been saying. Oh. And that's who knocked on my car door. Oh my gosh. That might be cool. true. Might be. All right, guys. That was me tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been fun. Any other anecdotes before we conclude? No. Kinda, but I don't want to tell it yet. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh we appreciate and love you guys. Thank you for the support. Trust you gotta watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Question everything. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so... Submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts. People who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. 
it's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 